Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Yes, I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'd like to welcome you to the program. It is National Poetry Month, and my special guest tonight is the one and only Scott Norman Rosenthal. Welcome, Scott, to the program. Thank you, Dr. Ingram. Um, you know, um, <laughs> I, I certainly got your typical guest. <laughs> Who is? <laughs> Who is, my friend? Who is? Let's begin this journey together. All right? Are you ready? Yes. Sir. Well, as ready as I. All right. All right. <laughs> to you, Scott, my friend. What is poetry? Well, I go to the my own uh, working definition that it is a distillation of language into its essential forms including, you know, the, the, the letters, the, the, the words, and the um, way in which, or the ways in which language uh, conveys meaning. Hmm. Tell me just a little bit more. Tell me more. Well, well I'm going to, by contrast, not simply to put, put down other people, but, you know, I, I, I studied with Stephen Dunn, even though due to my invisible disability, I wasn't allowed to finish high school, but I studied with Stephen Dunn, who later was awarded a Pulitzer Prize at college level, you know, Stephen Dunn, mm-hmm. uh, Pulitzer Prize for poetry for the year 2000. Wow. And a lot of this I picked up there. That, And, and so that I, I refined on my own, you know, worked on it, uh, that you shouldn't use, poetry today is too overworthy. It tells us things. Mm. And it's so easy when you do that for those, the ideas that you, you learn from the poetry to be directed into specific channels and actually curtailed. Free thought is not expanded, it's curtailed. Wow. Um, Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> I like this where this is leading. Tell me James more. Wright, whom James Wright, whom I was, uh, I, I was privileged to sit in a few classes, James Wright. His poetry mm-hmm. depends very much on imagery. Very much on imagery. All very right. stark images. Now, to, to shift over to Gwendolyn Brooks, um, and as I say, I'm not woke. I want people to understand I'm neither a liberal nor woke. Uh, nor, a right. reaction, nor a conservative. Mm-hmm. Nor a supremacist of any kind, although I, I used to quite admire the accomplishments of the country of China. Um, yes. Uh, but I'm digressing. Uh, I, you know, one of my favorite poets in terms of their work is, is Gwendolyn Brooks. And she has a way of retaining that, you know, that set, putting down, not telling you what to think, telling you what to see, but following ideas and showing you these, these images that are not exactly stark, but they're not cluttered. You know, she, and, and yet 
you know, she narrates, and yet she she stays within that that imagistic frame. Mm. Mm, you know, very I have nice. To her work more, and perhaps mm-hmm. uh, that of James Wright. I don't mm-hmm. think he published very much, but now with the internet, I'm very busy because I research. I do political research. Um, I believe in democracy, and I believe in this country. I believe that we need to get our our government back under the control of the uh, of the Bill of Rights. I think the Bill of Rights was one of the most amazing documents, as amazing a document ever produced anywhere in the world to guarantee the freedom and well-living of of its people, of the people yes. for whom the document was. Okay. Now, you've been writing poetry for a number of years. Am I correct? Well, I, I did my first serious piece around the age of 15, yeah. All right. What are some of the predominant themes of your work? Well, there used to be images about things, as I say. I used to be, you know, some of them are overtly political. I wrote one poem, which is a actually an elegy, a death prayer. No, no, not an elegy. I take that back. A death prayer, Kaddish, a death prayer. That's a Hebrew for death prayer. Um, I don't speak Hebrew either, but I, I pick up learning where I, where I may. Um, and I'm always explaining these things because I don't want people to think I'm pretentious. I'm not pretending to that which, which, I, which I am not, or at least I'm not trying to. But it, it's a Kaddish, a death prayer, for Meyer Kahani and um, Daniel Kiner. All right. And it leaves open the question of what is going on within the uh, boundaries of the sovereign state of Israel and, and surrounding it in terms of the controversies today. In other words, I make it plain that I'm not going to brook fanatic supporters of Israel physically attacking people who criticize the policies of Israel, which was going on a lot at that time. Mm-hmm. If you were, I've, I've only known that it happened to my knowledge to other Jews. If you criticize the policies of a sovereign state. And I could go on about that. Yes. About what I know about that. Um, mm-hmm. So there, the poem, the poem came out well, even though it has that, that theme of saying, of, of drawing the listener's attention to the issue, mm. to the issue of what's going on in the state of Israel. But it doesn't say what it, it says. Look, these are people. It tries to convey that I'm going after these two people whose behavior was extreme. Are they extremists? Are they not? No, their behavior was extreme. All right. And it criticizes that behavior. Yeah, my right. Go ahead. Sorry. Now, would you, that's okay. Would you like to share that particular piece of poetry? Yeah, yeah, good place. Yeah. This is, as I said, the death prayer, uh, uh, a Kadisha death prayer for Myra Kahani and for Daniel Kiner. Sleeping on grates and in doorways where the echo of the law falls and the rain goes. Poor people throw stones at soldiers. Boundaries of nations shatter. Go. Dance with Hitler in hell. 
or climb the fountain of eternity to the throne of Godhead. But go. Leave us alone. Let us live. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to get disqualified because let me tell you something. Now, you live in this isolated place in Vermont. Now, I'm not putting down the country or the people here. Yes. But I'll tell you, and it's just very isolating for me. All right. All right. <laughs> that was great. But you that see how it, it, it doesn't, it says this isn't necessarily about national boundaries. You're dealing with poor people. Mm-hmm. Yes. And believe me, I yes. know right now it took me a few months ago, I guess, I finally reconciled myself to the existence of the state of Israel. All right. And I do not right. believe, I, but I do not believe, see, the thing is that, okay, I'm reconciled to the, I don't, don't want to see our government overthrown or completely taken over by, by uh, wokeism, Marxism, and I'm not mm-hmm. a reactionary. I'm, you know, I'm socialist from way back. Now, Karl Marx did not have a copyright on, on socialism, and neither did the Marxists. All right. Or, or a patent or whatever, the, whatever they think they have, okay? Right. You know, uh, you know, fascism can come from all directions, right, left, all right. Uh, and it does. Well, you made the statement, and I asked you about the predominant themes of your work, and you shared that political poetry is one of those themes. Anything else? What else do you focus on in your writing? Well, I'll give you one. This was written, this was an assignment from Stephen Dunn's class. Uh, It was called, well, he said, write write a poem about about incest. Mm. A lot of good work came out of it. Really good work in that class. Anyway, this is what I came up with. My sister's skin is pale. The light is dim. Perhaps I sleep and am dreaming. She questions me, and I have no breath. And I stumble as I reach out towards her. Her laughter as she leaves is like bells on a black camel in the wind, in the desert, at night. And that was for uh, Loki. I'm sorry, for yes, for Loki and her mother and for Hildy Weissert mm. and her daughter. Oh, wow. Actually, I screwed up for the dedication. I, 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 I really, I'm, I am so, I've been so isolated. And believe me, if you knew what was done to me as a person with the neurometabolic, mm-hmm. they call them neurodiverse people, in the poetical community in Philadelphia. Uh, in, a, in a few moments, maybe I'll mention names. Um, and what I'm saying is that, you know, I'm stumbling over, but it, that one was for, Hilde Weissert and her daughter, and Geraldine Saunders and her daughter. It so happened right, very nice. to be able to recite everything out, everything, upside mm-hmm. down, backwards, mm-hmm. from memory. Mm-hmm. 
and I've mm-hmm. only looked very nice. at the last two years. Okay, well, thank wow. you. That's that poem. <laughs> okay. What do you think of the poem? Well, let me ask this question. Yeah. <laughs> let me ask yeah. this question, my friend. Why is poetry important? Why is it it's National Poetry Month that we're celebrating? Why is poetry important? Because it conveys to our unconscious and our subconscious, and there's overlaps of all those. And mm-hmm. really, it's it, Western science has gone overboard in attempting to rigidify and dichotomize things. Um, the world is organic. Even you've heard of some things uh, that are made of matter, perhaps the expression, this stuff has a mind of its own. I think all yes. matter. I've seen some very strange things happen. Mm-hmm. I've seen some things where, where matter, a bicycle that I was letting go of that uh, maybe I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. The, chain, the chain jumped out, jumped off in a way that it, it, it was, but, but in, in carrying this over, that was impossible, impossible. But mm-hmm. carrying this over, poetry conveys images or should that as I say too much poetry today is overworded I know one man whose whose poetry is is you know aimed at a certain certain meaning certain cause if you will All and right. it's not bad poetry but it's so overworded if he could eliminate mm-hmm. a third of his language, I think that it would rather than people saying, "Oh, I agree with that idea," they would see images that would would get them to think hard about the idea, All to right. think profoundly, would would draw them into that idea. Mm-hmm. Just as you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, I, no, 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 no. I, I'm fascinated listening to you. I want to go back in time for a bit. You talked about being at the age of 15 writing a poem. What was your earliest experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Was it at the age of 15 or was it younger than that? Well, that's a very hard question. Remember, I was neuro, I was seri- seriously neurometabolic hmm? impaired. Uh, I right. laugh now, but it wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a similar symptomatology took my mother's life. So, mm-hmm. you know, which is another thing is, as I say, now you have these problems and you're, you got a little bit of money or you're in the right place and then they're, they're physiological. But if you have them and you're not well-placed then they're mental problems and there were decades, there were decades of struggles against them. But in growing up, I thought in words and and numbers because my, my ability for my senses to perceive the ability of my senses, my sensory data to, to be perceived and and assimilated uh, was faulty. And so I lived in the written spoken word, the, the intellect. I wasn't particularly intelligent, but I was very intellectualized. Right. And I don't know exactly. I know that by, it's hard to say, because that's a, that's a very, very relative question. But put it this way, mm-hmm. I composed lyrics to the theme from Swan Lake. Okay. Now I got it mixed up with the theme from Claire de Lune and the lyrics follow the theme <laughs> of Claire de Lune. But All right. the plot of Claire de Lune. But the plots are so similar that the lyrics still work. Yes. 
So I love Paul Debussy, so yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, um, essentially, uh, I made I made lyrics to that melody. I understand that's not poetry, but I made rhyming, as as I recall, they're regular. It's, it's a ballad to that mm-hmm. melody. You know, uh, when I was fifteen, I I tampered with verse, so to speak. When I got serious is a good, good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned out poetry before Stephen Dunn's class, which was uh, fall of 77. I yes. turned out poetry that's, that when I can find it, because I've also, I'm also missing about 10 or 20 pieces of poetry mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in a storage area. Um, yes. It still holds up to this day. And that surprises me mm-hmm. because, you know, Stephen Dunn invited me to the workshop and I thought, well, Jay, how can you actually learn many people? Uh, oh, I don't want to sully my, my art with, uh, by going to the, you know, uh, the formal educators, et cetera. And I've also known that mm-hmm. used by, by someone to control, to control uh, disabled people. Uh, yes. Whom she had control. She, she, they were not. They were not to go to workshops. They weren't to mm-hmm. do any of that. You know. Right. Um, uh, I was surprised, pleasantly, to to learn what I did in that class. It shaped the language. By, by well, speaking of that. Yes. Well, speaking of that, how does a poem begin for you with an idea, a form, or an image? How does it begin? Oh, an idea. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, lately, my my poetry I don't feel is as powerful compared right. to most of the Why? Well, I don't. Why? Yeah, it, just, it doesn't seem to resonate very very with with, 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 with the general populace or with you. Um, when I can expose my work, you know, nobody is critical when you read your work over the net anymore. But it does seem to hold up. I did write one poem. I poured. That's an old word. P-O-R-E-D. Not, you know, you're probably Mm -hmm. familiar with it. The listening audience might not be. I poured over the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Mm -hmm. I looked at what was done. Regardless of how unsavory of a character he may have been, and I don't know, people tell me that you know that he's a white supremacist and admitted it, but nobody seems to have the link. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on private property guarding the private property. We're aware of that. We see him putting out a fire in a dumpster. We see that, and I'm aware. You know, I am an old leftist from way back, and I'm aware of how I got a very good look at, at what the new left propaganda is both contrasted and compared, you know, the, to the old, the old propaganda. And the bottom line is I, I did not see but that he acted in self-defense when he was being bullied by somebody with apparently a history of severe bullying, All right. let, alone, let alone also a history of child, you know, child molesting. Mm. And if that man had come at me, too, because I was guarding a business, I would have shot him. Mm-hmm. 
I'm guarding a private business. And whether you think this business should exist or not, I'm here. I'm guarding it. You know? Did you did you write a poem about the topic? I tried to, and I have it, but it, I'm not satisfied with it. Not because I'm afraid of advancing the idea. I was thrown mm-hmm. off of um, Artful Dodger's poetry for reading it. All right. You know, um, you would. And and I, what companion to it is a poem about Ms. Flora Westbrooks. Ms. Flora Westbrooks is a woman from Minneapolis who happens to be black, mm-hmm. whose beauty parlor was burned, burned out by Antifa. Eighty percent, leniently, eighty percent of the of the damage to human lives. That was done during the looting and rioting of 2020 fell on the shoulders of poor working class black people mm-hmm. and some poor working class white people. Yes. Antifa assaulted, Antifa murdered. There are racist elements in the Proud Boys. We understand that. Mm-hmm. They are a big network. But they aren't, contrary to popular impression, the thrust of the overall organization is not white supremacists at all. They are cultural. <clears throat> they make, now, I'm not saying I like them. You don't hear me say I like them. I just said they're just, they're not, you know, they're not white supremacists. They're cultural elitists. All know? right. Um, Do you have at this moment a poem for me that addresses some of the things that you're talking about? Well, let me read this one. This one was called, this one is supposed to be, let's see, where is it? Okay. Can you hear me? Okay, of course you can. Yes. Because we're not yes. on your, I notice you have a, you have a, a televised uh, quintessential listening or something like that. Because I saw it once. It was, um, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a, a, a YouTube site, there's a YouTube site in addition to um, the website. Yes. Well, it was uh, that one woman from Canada. Uh, okay, yes. Okay, here's – this is listed as two letters in my computer. I can't get the title changed to go to three letters. <laughs> All right. <laughs> three letters. <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse. One, I don't speak for all the bullied, driven down sidewalks through streets, beaten, vilified, Work denied, dreaming broken, murdered dogs, starved cats. First aid to those who claim he was enemy. Extinguish a fire, erase cliches from walls. The others, always evil. Does Flora Westbrooks, by murderer, in the ashes of a beauty parlor, a life of 30 years. You didn't burn it, nor the neighbors. Black, white, folk, desperate, lives gone. Two, never finished high school. I make poems. Back in 90s, I read with Etheridge Knight. Yes. Ideas etched in stone, cried out in towns. Back in the day, Daniel Kiner attacked me. I wouldn't shut up as homes were stolen. 
twice my size, attacked three times, ran from a pocket knife you'd use on a lemon. Now Antifa stalks, threatens. Three, history life, transcends sides. Ms. Flora Westbrooks. One, the moon too full to sleep, noise of lies smashed, burned out. Two, dreams, angers, compassion. 30 years cutting hair, styling time. Jesus saw we are neighbors. Three, nobody liberates us who would silence our voice. To Grandma Brenda and Dantea, on shipping to them. Two cramped rooms, no boots, few socks, near nothing but cold and wet. Socks, food, for now. Time is relentless. We grow so tired. Thank you. You know, Scott, your poetry truly packs a punch. There's so much emotion involved. Do you think if someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? That's a label. You know, can they make poetry without feeling those emotions? They can. And how, by whom, et cetera, it is remembered. That's another question. Okay. Answer that question, then. Answer that question. <laughs> I like that. You took it to a different place. Talk to I me about that. That, that a lot of today's poetry are, is, is forgettable. It's just forgettable. Mm. You know, I mean, that's my opinion. Well, let me ask this question then. Think about it now. Just, just work with me here. Is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? To me, it's like I'm creating an image. I don't even think in, in the terms, you know, that you asked. Like, of like I'm, I'm, I am presenting an image. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of creating it out of elements. Mm. The words, you know, mm. and the words are part of the of the the actual material constructing construction in, as a verb, construction as an action of the poem. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that poem, the first, uh, the first letter, the one to Carl Rittenhouse. I'm going to work on that yet, because what I'm trying to get mm-hmm. across is the idea of bullying. And yet, I feel a, I, I feel an empathy for for Rosenbaum. Mm-hmm. He was uh, what you call a bad character, but he he never. It, you, you look at his past; he never had a chance. He never had a shot. And I do, I do well, very well think he may have have had a, had a death wish, suicide wish, when he went after Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. And we have video. I mean, he 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 began the pursuit onto private property mm-hmm. because he and his companions had set fire to a dumpster uh, adjacent to the property. I don't know if it was maybe a step or two into the street. Rittenhouse comes out with a fire extinguisher, not a gun. Generally, you don't use a gun to. A firearm to put out dumpster fires or any other kind of fires. And um, comes out with it with an extinguisher, puts out the fire, 
returns the private property. And that incensed Rosenbaum and his companions. Wow. Because they wanted to push it into something. Mm-hmm. Now, it has nothing you to know, do with, maybe, maybe Rittenhouse is the worst, evilest person in the world. Yes. Would I have had a right to defend myself from, from Daniel Kiner, who physically attacked me on tape? This was back mm-hmm. in the day, audio tape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three times he attacked me because I dared to criticize the policies of the sovereign state of Israel mm-hmm. in public. As you think about being a poet, and you mention Gwendolyn Brooks being someone that you admire, or who all great writers whose work you admire, yes, whose work you admire, all great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of your other influences that you well, admire their work? They're James Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two other poets whose names, oh yeah, W.H. Auden. And there's one other that really always sticks when I'm trying to remember. There's one other poet uh, so much, it's not so much admire as that the, their work. Maybe a good word is it moves me. It, it moves me. Okay. Into, it moves me to want to to get into the work. Mm. You see, to, to, that was to nicely phrased. I like that. Images, you know, let them sink in and etc. Mm. Let's take a brief break, and we'll come right back. All right. Okay. All right. Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Scott Norman Rosenthal. Scott, please share a poem. Let's see here. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try this one from memory. I used to be able to recite it in my sleep. All right. Verses in Chinese style for our friends at the Poetry Festival, Autumn 1990. The song we sing, history. The struggling we do, history. Look, after the bombs, rain. The walls we build seem immobile, eternal. The land, the sky, will swallow them. What strange fruit blossoms in time. Some when 
long-horned antelope will run up from the sea, graze the streets of seaport towns. Hard mist is everywhere. Let us spin wheels through prairie into mountains, you and I. Thank you. Think about that poem, Sky. What is the purpose of it? What are you attempting to do? I'm creating um, creating my mind. I'm fashioning images. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I'm fashioning images of um, you know of what I'm what I'm looking at. And because my my you see my third eye is also very dim. Right now, it's almost blind. It was better, but since moving to Vermont, I'm not getting the exercise. I was riding a bicycle as much as uh, 18 miles a day at the age of 61 before I moved here. But Mm -hmm. largely, indeed, because of the white supremacist movement and other things going on in this country, it has brought out the tendency in people to bully even if those individuals themselves are not racist, just nasty. Mm-hmm. There are white people that aren't racist. They're still nasty. Yes. You know? um, I, I don't, it's not a bad place, but this, it, it's just not good for my health to be here. I would bicycle, you know, I, I haven't bicycled. I don't think I've bicycled two miles, certainly not up here. Uh, I have bicycled a good few miles uh, on a couple of my trips down to the New Jersey, Philadelphia area. I get to uh, bicycle. Um, this is really going to cost me my credibility, but I there is one more verse I would like to re- re- uh, repeat. I did a okay. different version. I, I made a mistake here. I did a different version of that verses in Chinese style. All right. This would be the third, the third stanza. Well, back in the day, a verse was a line. Yes. And a stanza was a stanza. Whereas in, in, in music, in songs, a verse is, is a verse, whereas a line is a line. But in poetry, of, you know what I mean. Yes. Um, we struggle with demons, wrestle with angels, alter the trueness of their names, lightning, time, Rain in the city's Luciferian chanting. Scott, question for you. Does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? Well, lately it hurts because uh, uh, it's so difficult for me to produce poetry that, with which I'm happy. As a poem. Mm. Okay. Um, it was often, you know, when I was something really upset me, as with the repeated attacks of fanatic supporters of Israel. Yes. On on other Jews who dared speak out, and let me tell you something. That is one of the of, of the elements and factors that has led to the present uh, widespread lack of sympathy for Israel and more, more importantly, uh, the support of organizations 
including that of, of quite respectable people, mm-hmm. that Israel has no right to exist and should be overthrown because that's what Hamas wants. Yes. Let me, and again, we're not trying to, we're not supposed to talk about this, but I want to show that this is not about my feelings about Israel per se. It is the, the it is the, it is that people such as Kiner physically attacked other people so that they would not have a say, which is what Antifa is doing today. It's the same tactic. May I may I speak frankly? Same Please, shit. of course. Same shit, different pit. Mm. I phrased that one myself, by the way. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. You know, there is an image of poets being overcome with inspiration and having to write everything out of nowhere and at once. Does this ever happen to you, my friend? It's never written out of nowhere. Tell me more. We have, talk to you me. know, from the time we are in our mother's womb, or maybe even before, the way some people believe, I, I mean, we get, you know, more than one time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Mystical Judaism reaffirms it. There's always something in our mind. And that's somehow pushing us. Sometimes we think and we think, and all of a sudden it comes together. We sit down and it flows right out of us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do that for me these days. Okay. But when I was writing as an example about Kyle Rittenhouse, because I have a personal stake in this. Mm-hmm. What if I'm guarding somebody's property and some people who happen to, to want to target the owner of the, of, of, of the business who were who were these people were rioting for some kind of racial supremacy for supremacy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they move on that property and one of them attacked me and my my I was blocked he was blocked in his written house was what if I if I show what if what if if what if I'd stuck a knife in Kiner I went to the authorities after the first attack they wouldn't do anything. In fact, they, they made a joke out of it at the uh, Philadelphia, I think it was a roundhouse. They sent me to civil complaints, which is absurd. Mm-hmm. I wanted to file an assault complaint after the first time he assaulted me. He assaulted me three times in total. And so I see a parallel there. And that's what poetry is sh- supposed to show us. The image of something that's going on here and then, and then pointing out to us other images, opening them up. Not telling us what mm. to think about them, but showing them to us. You know, it sounds like you've experienced a lot in your life to this point. Does writing energize or exhaust you? All of the above. Tell me more. Well, I'm writing, I'm blowing a whistle on people I was very close to. All right. And they are a trans couple. I was, and just as is... um. J.K. Rowling, I, I guess I would like to guarantee the rights of trans people. Okay. But demanding that children, even if they don't even make the decision themselves, even if the decision is made for them, demanding that it is your right that children be poisoned, operated, mutilated, 
that's not your right. Uh, a number of very prominent, a lot of people are not aware of this yet, but uh, one of the founders, a trans woman, founder of one of the oldest transgender medical centers in these United States, resigned from the board of directors. Resigned from the board of directors because uh, children are being forced through, resigned, call it disgust, call it in, 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 in exasperation, in protest, all of the above because children are being processed for a multi-billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Any number of, 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 of uh, trans people have said that's, you know, that's not, we don't agree with that. Uh, you know, I name names. I uh, see. I can prove what I'm saying. I'd be thrown out of Liberty Union Party against their charter. Mm-hmm basically took over the party, even though they're not chairman. Well, uh, Communist Party uh, in the Soviet Union had chair people, but Stalin was pulling the strings. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it used to be, you know, secretary general, you do the paperwork. Well, now you control the Internet. And I was thrown out because I would engage in discussions on the net, criticizing, giving puberty blockers to children. Mm. I, I'm biased. I was I was damaged by by uh, psychiatric drugs when I was a child. Yes, they made my sleep problems worse. I think mm. I mentioned those to you, and maybe have mentioned them. Um, yes, you know, and uh, also the erosion of women's sports because at this point it is going to be people versus government. Mm-hmm. I mean, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner came out with a statement that it's not fair because every, you know, people understand that. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say, oh, this person won because they're a good swimmer. That's ridiculous. They certainly weren't a good swimmer in the women's uh, men's events. And um, it's about fairness. It's about people, the handful of people who believe that because they have rights, no one else does. Mm. You know, that brings up a question, my friend. How privileged is poetry? Does it belong well, to the masses? Does you say, what was that about the masses? Does it belong to the masses or to, it belongs to history. a specified few? Oh, no, no, it should not be. One of my, one of the, I used to take pride in the fact that people would, would hear my poetry or read it. People who didn't like poetry were impressed. Now, this wasn't, doesn't mean, well, what do they know? They're not experts. To the contrary, mm-hmm. it means that it could reach masses of people. I've also had people, people aren't as impressed these days because poems are umpteen pages long, and you get praise for a poem repeating the same, the same, you know, mishmash about the civil rights of individuals being violated, which is not held up by statistics. Uh, you know, or, or, or you know, um, basically going along with, with mass sentiment and writing about it in a sentimental fashion. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do that, I don't, I don't need to write, to, to, I don't need to deal with it in a poem if I'm going to do that. Anybody can do that. I do that. Um, I try to be objective Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, when I I, I I did get a reading at the Painted Bride Art Center. All right, very nice. Thing. You're liable to get feedback. You know, you'll have to get flack for this, Dr. Anthony. Uh, my, Dr. Dr. Uh, I, Mr. Michael, I can weather it. I'm a strong man. I can take it. Dr. Michael. I can take it. Uh, Lamont Brown's Steptoe was held up as a, you know, as a great uh, poet and uh, campaigner for, for civil liberties and equal rights. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. want to let anybody forget that he, that was, he was in Vietnam. Well, he did things to me that were so horrible. Mm. So inexplicable to people because why would you do that? And did them yes. in terms of marginalizing me. And I was given, rather than deal with it, eventually I was given a reading at the Painted Bride. I was given a show because, mm-hmm. uh, because the director didn't have the moral courage to face me. Yes. And there were other repercu- there were repercussions like you wouldn't believe. Uh, that's that takes you know more than what we have time we have here. All I wanted was for him to stop marginalizing me and give me the same courtesy he gave to other people. I, I was living on SSI in a falling apart house with a trust fund that wasn't even enough to to hardly pay the taxes. Mm-hmm. And they were low on that house in those days. Uh, did you write a Did you write a poem about it? Did you write a poem about it? Your experience. I have, I have something about uh, Mr. Steptoe, and I will All be right. working it soon because uh, I'm not exactly one hundred percent sure. I'm probably going to incorporate it mm-hmm. into a love poem. Mm, a love poem. Wow. Well, it's for so out of I, all that chaos, you may have to find love. Is what you're saying? Yeah. I also mentioned the woman's shapeliness. To be honest with you. Okay. All right uh, then. But that's another issue. She actually looked like she she was uh, part Scottish and she looked Pictish. Okay. I'm serious, but that's well, see. Uh, there's all these things that I see relating to each other. It's hard sometimes for me yes. to focus because I and this is what how my poetry grows. Um, mm-hmm. Before we go much farther, I would like to recite this poem. All right, the please. symptomatology, and I've already been told that's not a real word. It's hard to find. But an ex-girlfriend and her husband, they send me a little money every year, not much. And I just spent $400 on my community work. That's I didn't talk about that, but yeah, I did. What did I say? Four? Mm-hmm. No, no, it meant... I sent out two two packages. Total cost with shipping and materials was was at least two hundred dollars. And wow. I'm living on SSI. I'm living on SSI. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, uh, um, I don't even know. You know, I don't even know. Let me just recite this poem because you know. Yes. It's very worked up. This is The Malingerer Goes to the Movies for Colin Kempner and for Judith Wright. You're sitting there. It's getting harder to breathe. It seems like a little man, like a gnome, has crept up the back of your seat and dropped a net into your head, over your brain. You glance at the woman sitting next to you, and she isn't there. You turn back to the screen, and it seems unreal. 
like a bad film. Are you in a theater at all? Are you in a room filled with water? Are there any people here? You're out in the parking lot, wondering how to get home. Thank you. You know, Scott, your voice takes on a different resonance when you share and you recite your work. What is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? Well, I was doing very well with both until I lost mm-hmm. my housing because I was I was exercising so regularly. Okay. You know, I do what I can to put material goods. Oh, you mm-hmm. know, I've finished up until recently, I didn't even like the term anti-Semitism. You know, yes. I do it, my backside points the same way yours does, same direction. Right. What's your thing? Yes. Uh, <laughs> if not, I could go on the stage and make lots of money. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, now what we call systemic racism has been called racism, the structure. Mm-hmm. In other words, yes. a black person can't be racist toward a white person because racism is a construction. According to to, um, Malcolm X, who is is one of the, if I was going to buy four people from this country uh, in terms of being, you know, loving what this country, what the Bill of Rights is supposed to give us, I would choose Malcolm X. Uh, But, you know, that's another story. I do have four people, and he's one of them. And um, Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't believe that it was, you know... if a, if a black person looks at a white person and hates them for the color of their skin, for their race, you know, that's racism. Um, so I used to refer to anti-Jewish racism. Okay. Now, as I say, I do not believe that, that Hamas has the interest of the Palestinian people in mind. And I sort of changed my view. I'll use the phrase anti-Semitism because at least it gets the idea across. Language mm-hmm. does evolve. And, and by the wow. way, it was very frightening because a, a very un-Islamic thing, not just non-Islamic, un-Islamic thing happened in the state of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of people are hearing about it, but people broke in and vandalized the tomb of, of the prophet Joseph who was one of the figures revered across uh, the Judeo-Christian Islamic ethic. Yes. You know, I mean, uh, so this, you know, these, these people are not about is- Islam as a belief system. They're about Islam mm-hmm. as an authority. And I don't believe, maybe individuals in Hamas, etc. I don't believe they care about the Palestinian people. Mm. Here's a question for you, my friend. If you were a poet during a different era, when, where would you want to exist? I would have wanted to get involved with alternative medicine so that I could have improved faster in my life, earlier in my life. Mm. All right. And been a poet back then because the stuff was really kicking back then. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't hear the sentimental expressions, what a wonderful poem, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. after people read. So much as you heard sometimes applause, you heard criticism, 
it was not so much that there was a dignity, which there was, but that there was a, a restraint, which was more of discretion than repression. Not so much it was attacked, but it was attacked for the purpose um, you know, of showing a restraint on a thing that needs mm-hmm. to be done, does not need to be overstated. It was a way of, of being understated. I want yes. my poetry to be understated. That's a word I was groping mm. for all night. Poetry today mm. is not at all understated to the point where it's transcended. Po- it's, it's, I believe, gone, not transcended, but gone beyond the bounds of poetry. Yes. It is prose and wow. labored prose at that very often. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. We are back. I'm here with Scott Norman Rosenthal. It's been a meaningful conversation. I've learned so much. And as we close in on the finish line, I'd like to ask you, based on all that you know, all that you've learned, all that you've seen, what is the role of a poet in modern-day society? Well, that's a good question because what do I think it should be or what is it? It is, it has become simply to me a grouping of people who like, oh, I make poetry. Yeah, and it's like, like, like the guitar. Um, mm-hmm. Countless millions and millions of young people have taken up guitar. And, you know, almost like, well, it's a thing to do. Um, It's an activity. But how many Mm -hmm. people in the world are actually great, outstanding guitarists? Mm. It's more difficult, I believe, to play classical than to play rock. Folk guitar and and playing it in a folk style, as an example, is, is more difficult. I, I'm beginning to, I, I'm getting, I'm trying to over, over answer the question, but my point is that it's okay. so much poetry being made and it is so overworded. And then every once in a while, <laughs> hey, okay, you know, don't accuse me of racism reverse, please. I ain't woke. There was a man, I, I'm not remembering names well, but concepts. He was from the islands and he's been in this country. He's taught at college. He read the other day. And again, the, narr- the narrative of his poetry drew me in. Mm. It, it drew me mm. in. It didn't narrate in quite the same way as Brooks, who will actually portray events happening. Okay. Um, but, it, but it just flowed, and it drew me right in. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't all I could do to keep up with it. We have time for one more poem, my friend. And I'll Please share one more. All right. City, <laughs> City poem, autumn 1990, for Tim Dunn and Diane Cole. <laughs> one, cities are taken into the sky. Avenues are dreaming in amber light. Let's dance on the roof. Let's dance naked to the waist. Let's dance in bare feet on wool blankets. Three. The stars drop turquoise fire around us. Thank you. Wow. I'm, I'm I want to thank timing. you. I'm getting the timing right because I don't want to say thank you like right on top of the poem. <laughs> I want to thank you for being my guest tonight. I am so proud of you, Scott, for being willing to share your work with me. I really, really am. I really am. I can only. I think you're an an amazing man. Brilliant, to be quite honest. Well, I would love your feedback in in an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, and I might, maybe we could correspond because I'm telling you, I'm going crazy up here. Yes. <laughs> I would like the the, the 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 aforementioned the subject of the aforementioned love poem won't mm-hmm. communicate with me, but I almost got to, right. to communicate with me on a free date site, which I, I I entered about 31 years after the last time I saw her. Oh wow. Well, yeah, I looked in her part of the country, and she was there. Mm. I think well. she never admitted it, it. But then again, if you were the proverbial, the proverbial only one I ever really loved, you probably wouldn't want to believe me. What's what's next for you creatively, my friend? Where do you go from here? I'm going to try to complete and publish political documents because I believe that. Wokeism pretended, I mean, they, they're just, just a very, apparently it's, it's a common trick. Mm-hmm. And I'm researching examples of it. A trick was played in St. Johnsbury to make it a racial issue. Mm. St. Johnsbury, Vermont. And, yes. um, you know, um, and believe me, I've, I've gotten, without even asking about it, which I often do, but without even asking about it. First words out of a, 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 a student from Africa, the words out of mm-hmm. mouth when I said hello. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, yeah, where, where are you guys from? You know, I wasn't, I wasn't a, you know, I wasn't a spy. I was just, yes, I'm curious about people, you know. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. You and I are from the USA. They're, they were from Africa, you know, different. I forget. Okay, now. country in Africa. Yes. First words out of the one young man's mouth. He was upset at all the divisiveness going on. We were at a uh, rally. Mm-hmm. We were at a rally. And and you know we 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 don't we, we don't need that. That is, mm-hmm. we don't we don't see the totalitarianism. Yes, indeed, can come from the left, the right. You want to call it fascism. It fits. Does it matter? It means lives will be controlled. 
And slowly mm-hmm. but surely, hate speech. Well, who determines what is hate speech and what isn't hate speech? And personally, if somebody thinks that I don't have a right to live because I'm Jewish, and believe me, there are people, there are black people, white people that feel that way. Some of them have no problem with, with which is unusual, but they don't even want to exterminate blacks, but they want to exterminate Jews. I want to know about it. I don't want that. I want to hear about it. Right. Because they'll build, they will build their network like a cancer. Well, what I'd like you to do for me is to keep writing. Keep writing about your thoughts. Uh, you, you know this stuff. It's so important that we put it on paper, and, and if we can, share it so that people can hear it. That's what's critical. That's what's important. Perhaps now more than All right. others. Thank you. Yes, thank you. yes. Well, I'd like to thank Scott Norman Rosenthal for being with me. I'd like to thank our listening audience for tuning in week after week. And as I share before I end this program, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, everybody. Good night, Scott. Good night. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.